Welcome to the second season of the Dear Valadier podcast, the pod where we find the perfect song for your predicament. I am your host, Sadie Gustafson Zook. If you are new here, the premise of Dear Balladeer is that we take your life quandaries and we try to find a song that can give you some more perspective on your situation. Then on the podcast, I have a conversation with the songwriter of that song and they share insights from their own lives and what led them to write that particular song. I love this idea, obviously because I came up with it, but I love it because I think that songwriters have a lot of really good advice to give. The whole process of songwriting involves distilling key themes, identifying overarching patterns, and learning from our own experiences and mistakes. So who better to do that for you in your time of confusion or need but your favorite songwriter? I also love that this can give people a way to learn about new songwriters who I personally know and admire and think are amazing, but you might not know about them yet. So um, that's kind of where Dear Balladeer stemmed from, and I'm excited to see where the second season goes. On today's episode, we have the privilege of welcoming the illustrious Rachel Sumner to Dear Balladeer. Rachel is based in Winchester, Massachusetts, just outside of Boston, and we go way back to the days of both of us working at Club Pass Seam, the historical folk music venue in Cambridge, Massachusetts, uh, in Harvard Square. Rachel has such a cool musical history um, because she started at Berklee College of Music um, as a flute performance major, I think. And so she spent time orchestrating things and that really comes through in her music these days and especially the recorded music. Um, She was in the band Twisted Pine for a while, did a solo project for a while, and now she tours with her band Rachel Sumner and Traveling Light. So Stick around, you are going to want to hear from Rachel, and I think we have a really fun conversation. Well, Rachel, thank you so much for coming to the Dear Balladeer podcast today. <laughs> thank you for having me. Um, can I? Can you remind me, where are you living these days? I'm living in Winchester, Massachusetts, which is just outside of Boston. Cool. And how is your morning going? So far, so good. I made coffee. It's been a little slow. Um, I won't tell you what day of the week it is, <laughs> <laughs> but it's been good. How's your morning, Sadie? Um, yeah, my morning has been good. I listened to my own album while I was in the shower on big speakers. Yes. Like not the new one that's coming out soon, but the the last one. And I was like, holy cow. Like I was sitting, no, I was standing in the kitchen being like, hmm, what should I listen to during my shower? And sometimes I have specific things that come up. Like for a while, I was listening to Summer Nights. Summer Nights? Summer Nights. The Glenn Campbell song. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Southern. Southern Nights. Southern Nights. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking you were listening to Grease. Oh, no. That's why I get it mixed up. Um, And then for a while, I was listening to some other stuff. Anyway, (laughs) for some reason, I was like feeling a hankering for my own voice. (laughs) I get that. And I listened to it and I was like, damn, this is pretty good. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's such a good feeling when you can listen back to your stuff and be like, damn. Yeah. Yeah. And also because it's like when I perform it, it doesn't sound like that Mm because, you know, the album is so fleshed out and has a bunch of people on it. Um, Yeah. So it's nice to be like, oh, my gosh, these other people are so good. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's, I think, like, I 
I always kind of check in with my stuff every now and then, like every few months <laughs> or, or I don't know how often. But sometimes I get that hanker in where I'm like, I wonder what other people are hearing when they first like encounter me as a, right. an artist. And then that's the part I'm really listening to and really like focusing in on is like Cat Wallace's crazy fiddle parts and like remembering all that. And then, yeah, it's just a nice, nice memory to revisit. <laughs> yeah. Agreed. So <laughs> anyway, that's how I started my day and it was like kind of nice. That's awesome. I haven't yeah. showered yet, so who knows what I'll put on in the shower. <laughs> well, if you want, you can put on Sin of Certainty by Sadie Gustafson's book. I just might. <laughs> um, okay, Rachel. Well, can I dig into a little bit of your identity? Can you no. tell me? Well, okay. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yes. Um, can you tell me a little bit about what identities are important to you? Um, I identify as a woman, um, is, sorry, is this, is this what you're, yes. Yeah, what, okay. whatever you want to say, honestly. Yeah, I identify as a woman, I identify as an artist, um, I identify as a Latina, um, that heritage is very important to me, my mom's side, uh, and it's something I don't talk about too much, um, but it's something I'm trying to talk about a little bit more. Mm. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think those are the identifiers. I, I am, I am Rachel. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I think of you as like, I mean, maybe this isn't even an identity thing, but like very into like rich history. Mm. I do really like history. Um, <laughs> I don't know if that's like an identity as a history buff, someone who loves mythology. Yeah, I mean, mythology, I was super into it as a kid. Um, I like, I was really bookish growing up and honestly insufferable. I think I would <laughs> hate meeting me. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, no, I I was really into mythology, like Greek mythology and uh, Egyptian mythology in particular. And I remember like writing in my journal and I had the Greek alphabet in front of me. And so I would like write my little thoughts in the Greek alphabet, but like in English, it really was <laughs> so silly. I just was afraid of my brothers kidnapping my journal, my younger mm-hmm. brothers. But yeah, no, I, I do really love history and um yeah I guess I'm reading the right now I'm reading Mists of Avalon which is all about the Arthurian legends so yeah I think you nailed me (laughs) um thinking about writing in Greek is making me think do you speak Spanish at all oh god I mean like I should, um and I can understand it better than I can speak it um but I I don't I'm not like confident enough to speak it which is really funny because my great-grandmother her primary language was Spanish Mm -hmm. and she felt the same way about English and so like I I think about just how interesting that is that Mm -hmm. it's the the complete reverse like Mm -hmm. I feel embarrassed about my Spanish she felt embarrassed about her English it's kind of sad I mean there's time (laughs) (laughs) you're bookish (laughs) it's true it's true 
um, that wasn't meant as like a judgment. That was just a general question. No, I I understand. I I think I I leaked my own. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I projected my own worries <laughs> okay. for a second. So. Um, can you tell me like what when you were a bookish little child learning about um, Egypt? What did you want to be when you grew up? Oh. Back then, I wanted to be the first woman president. Okay. <laughs> now I'm like gag. Uh, <laughs> no, uh, I mean, probably. Well, yeah, I think it was either that or a marine biologist. <laughs> okay. Which I feel is um, so. I I don't know. It, I just think of little Rachel and oh, she she loved the ocean so much. <laughs> Because you grew up in California, right? I did, but I grew up in the desert, so. Oh, okay. So did that mean that, like, the ocean was even more appealing? Because you're like, it's, like, not, it wasn't, like, immediately accessible? Yeah, I think so. Um, the The beach we would go to was, like, two hours away. And whenever I was having a bad day, my mom would drive me no matter, like, what time of day. Sometimes we'd just go at night and, like, we'd go stare at the water for a little bit. And then we'd drive right back home, so. Oh, I love that. I love a two-hour trip for a very small occasion. Yeah, but it felt <laughs> really big because my mom and I would just like talk the whole way and or sing. Um, you know, it was really good. Yeah, I guess it feels different when there's somebody else in the car, and so then it's like a lot of quality time with that person. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that was always the cure. It's funny because I always think of the water being the cure, but actually it's probably the sandwiching time around the water that was like the most magical. Mm. Well, now you spend a lot of time in a car with people. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Maybe that informed your uh, future trajectory as a musician to be like, and you will spend all your time in a car with a band so that you may get to know them very well. <laughs> oh, that's a really good point, honestly. Yeah, because my mom was always down to drive, like, anywhere. She loved driving time. And so, yeah, I guess she, she in some unknowing way, was uh, creating a, a musician, a touring musician. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Mom. That's so funny. Ah. <laughs> uh -huh. Um, can you tell me a little bit about if you had, well, no, sorry. If you have any creative pursuit, wait, sorry, I'm getting my questions mixed up. You're good. If you have an example of creative expression from your youth that you still think about today. Oh man. Um, I have a couple. The first thing that popped into my mind was I've been, but recently, I was looking through my journal, and by recently, I mean like 10 years ago, um, <laughs> and like the first poem stuck in my mind, and it was like about dolphins, and it was like, dolphins are really wonderful, and I hope they live on the planet forever. <laughs> and I was like, Aww. that's a really... Future marine biologist right I know. there. Right, yeah. Um, <laughs> I was like, that's a sweet little poem. Uh no, but I think, like, <laughs> I used to talk to the wind. I've never really admitted this, but, like, as a little kid, I used to, like, have conversations with the wind um, and I and the moon. And, like, I would have these, like, 
I don't know, like not friendships, but like just these ongoing like dialogues with elements of the earth. And I honestly feel like that kind of set the the scene for trying to write my own songs because sometimes it feels like I'm talking to the wind. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like <laughs> kind of like if I had to describe your music and it was just like a dialogue with the wind that that would not be far off. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Wind folk. Oh. <laughs> I still talk I- to the moon, by the way. <laughs> Good. <laughs> She's my favorite. I say hello every time I see her. And sometimes Cat Wallace will hear me say hello and she'll go, hello, Rachel. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. I love that your band is supportive. <laughs> They're so supportive. Oh, <laughs> uh, wow. That's a good one. I hear a lot of these and that's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> and that that counts as a form of creative expression because it is, but also it feels much broader than that too. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I I wasn't writing too much down except for my my dolphin poem, mm-hmm. um, and my journal in Greek alphabet. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but I do remember those conversations and the way that those felt, um, and that feels creative to me. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> um, do you have at this point in your life? Um, do you have other, what kind of creative pursuits that maybe intersect with music but aren't necessarily music do you enjoy? It's mm, a great question. Um, I really like getting into crafts whenever I can, like visual stuff. I haven't done it very much recently, but I go through like phases Um where sometimes I'll just take out the watercolors and see what that's about. Uh, I bought like an embroidery, like how to embroider, like a starter kit. I haven't done anything with that yet, <laughs> but I intend to do it soon. Um, and I've been trying to every summer grow a little herb garden on my balcony, uh, mostly to keep the bees away in a very natural way because. I think I'm allergic to them and I don't want to get stung. Uh. Um, but apparently if you have like uh, mint, I, I just, I got all of the, the plants that they don't really like. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so I've kind of become a, a little bit of a gardener in that, uh-huh. that way, in the sense that they, the plants didn't die this year, which is so great. <laughs> um, <clears throat> yeah, but I, you know, everything feels really music uh centered even to the point where like I'm watching movies or TV and I'm thinking about writing just like all the time and I mm. have been trying to figure out ways to not have narrative based hobbies you know <laughs> and I think gardening is is pretty, yeah, pretty safe <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. I I feel like I go through like ebbs and flows of like writing and in the in between parts that's like that I only have so much creativity and it's going to be like filtered in one direction or another Mm. and like 
if I'm feeling not very musical or not very like productive in that way, then that's when I start sewing or that's when I start decorating a home or painting or like, mm. um, yeah, I feel like the, the house stuff doesn't feel connected to music, but in all other things, it's like, okay, well this either it's like, oh, I'm like embroidering my clothes or patching, ma- doing visible mending. And then it becomes part of my brand, like <laughs> where I'm trying to be like combining everything to be like, how can I use all of these skills to go towards this one thing, which is my folk music career. <laughs> totally. <laughs> or like how I'm like, I can make lino cut. So maybe I'll make posters that I will then print and then sell for the thing. And just trying to be like including that in my job as well, because I do like doing those mm-hmm. things. And it's like, yeah, I guess I am also a merchant. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. I've also been learning lino cut and I didn't mention that as one of them because it feels <laughs> like wholly aimed at making merch or, or like I've, I've been making bookmarks for, mm-hmm. for a uh, tour and because most of my listeners are librarians I've found. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, there's always a librarian in the audience. It's crazy cool. Oh my gosh. That is a perfect niche audience. Cause I feel like librarians are the shit. Like, like- they are the best. <laughs> I would have been one, I don't know, in another life probably uh-huh. I am. But um, yeah, that can be your retirement. I'm going to become a librarian. That's a great goal. I love that. It just sounds fun. Um, wait, but can I just get in here and say, I've seen your house and it is so beautiful. Just like <laughs> all of the things that you've done to it. Um, it's it's art, the whole thing. I, I love it very much. You've created a really nice space, Sadie. Aw, thanks, Rachel. Yeah. I mean, I feel like I do, if I have, like, the capability to make amendments to my space, like, nesting is something that I kind of have to do in order, mm-hmm. like, when I first move in somewhere. Like, yeah. You came last year right after I had moved into this house and it was basically in its final form. Like it's still <laughs> like I haven't made too many changes since then. Um, but like my immediate thing was like, oh, I got to like paint cool things and I got to like put up all my art and just like surround myself with like the moments that I had creative energy. Yeah. And put those on the walls to remind me so I can walk around and be like, ah, oh, here's a little art gallery of past me when I had energy <laughs> I love that I love that so much um yeah it's it's so necessary to remind yourself of like <laughs> the times when you have energy <laughs> and you're not totally zapped <laughs> yeah. yeah I mean I still sometimes have energy but but it's just funny because like so much energy went into the like setting everything up initially yeah. mm-hmm. and now that energy is going more into releasing music or like record it or like, you know, mm-hmm. the other thing. So I think it's nice for me to think about it as just like a continual stream of one thing, but it's just kind of like moving around. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I like that. That just made me think of, I've been giving voice lessons to a couple people and I've been pulling on a lot of my flute knowledge Mm. from when my back in my college days when I was a classical flute player and one thing that we were always talking about how is uh, how the breath is just supposed to keep 
going. It's just like a motor mm-hmm. and the mouth manipulates it. And, you know, when you're playing the flute, like you can uh, tongue things and then that will, you know, create like a staccato sound or or whatever and and make it like really short but it's all one breath and it's all moving and I feel like creativity is that's a really nice way to look at creativity like it's all one breath it's all one thing and it's all kind of flowing through everything yeah I also teach voice lessons and that is making me think about how like I talk about the voice being like the motor or like the power sorry the breath being not the voice the breath being the like thing that is powering the voice and the sound Mm -hmm. so then and if we extend this metaphor yes this is like a co-writing session kind of i love it (laughs) um (laughs) if we extend this then it's like the breath of creativity is the power keeping you moving forward Mm mm-hmm and the well, wind helps. And talking to the wind. And so you're just interacting. This feels also like a comedy special. Like that we're like, you know how <laughs> they like figure Bring out back. a way to loop back around. Honestly, okay. This is a very I've, cohesive conversation. I've been very into comedy specials <laughs> for that reason. Um, just like seeing how people bring things back and connect stories. John Mulaney, I think. Uh, he's the first person that comes to mind but like Mm -hmm. I just love his specials and the way he always does that he like drops little like anchors throughout and then he'll bring it back and it's so satisfying to have it brought back so I hope all of your listeners are so satisfied (laughs) by us bringing that back (laughs) yeah yeah I sometimes I'm like man if I lived in a bigger city I think I would really try to pursue comedy in a fun way like well you were there right I was when there I did- <laughs> for your in comedy 20- debut <laughs> in 2019 in january sorry in 2020 oh, in God. january of 2020 i did a three minute long stand-up <laughs> it was amazing set at uh staff night at club passim mm-hmm. um and honestly, I think it went really well. It was it was awesome. I had st- the pandemic not happened, that might have been something that like would have happened because I had such a good time. I think that would have launched you. Um, but now I'm just thinking about like John Craigie and like people who like their banter, like musical performers whose banter is just as exciting and fun Milk carton as the music is like powerful. Um. So I was just thinking about like if there is a way to like have banter that also has that um, the structure of a stand up set where it like comes back around. I don't know. I think I would need to do some real deep diving to like organize this. But this is giving me some inspiration. Yeah. (laughs) No, I think that there's for sure a lot to kind of steal from comedy uh comedy routines like well thought out well written comedy routines um for your banter and i've been trying to figure trying to crack that that <laughs> egg <laughs> it's it's hard um i was uh it was suggested by don white i don't know if you ever met don white at passing sounds really familiar i feel like maybe i can envision him yeah he's a, a folk singer he's really funny he's so funny um He's played at Passing and I've done sound for him uh, the last couple times that he's been there. And he's also just really gracious. He's like 
just wanting to share his knowledge with everybody and he was like how many people are in your band and I was like three he's like okay you guys need to watch like classic uh three-piece comedy like routines like <laughs> uh well first he said Abbott and Costello that's not three-piece but um <laughs> he, <laughs> but he was just like you need to watch like old specials and just you know play off each other and I was like I don't know about that exactly but um <laughs> but that's that's a good idea I like that digging into the the older stuff and, and seeing what you can take yeah I also think it's really interesting I haven't played with a band very much but when I have it's felt so weird to figure out how to like have my performance vibe while also having people on stage like how much do you acknowledge them how much do you interact with them yeah are they opting in to your comedic bits or are you just like saying it while you're standing in front of them and like that I like playing by myself because I like being in control and being like you know setting everything Mm -hmm. um but I also like the sound and the collaboration of performing with other people too um so I imagine that that would be like your band, it's like always the same people for the most part. So it mm-hmm. does seem like it is at least like that you guys have a vibe that's more cohesive than just like pick up people. Yeah. Yeah. And we're also used to each other's like bullshit. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or uh, rather they're used to mine. <laughs> <laughs> And they can like pick up on things and they'll know when I'm launching into a story that they should not probably interrupt or if there's a, a place where they can like wiggle a, a some comeback or, or An funny. Aside. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, I, we try to keep it pretty, pretty free flow. And sometimes it gets especially silly, especially if we're on the road and uh like have been in the car for seven hours uh, before a show, then I feel like the hair <laughs> really comes down um, in regards to banter, but it's fun. Yeah. Wow. I love your band. You guys are great. Thank you. I love my <laughs> band too. Like I love, I love Kat and Mike so much. They're, they're so amazing. It's really fun playing with them. Yeah. Wow. Well, we have talked now for 30 minutes about things that are not this question. So shall we get into it? (laughs) We shall. We shall. Okay. So we are going to listen to your song, So What? And then we will move into the question and then we will discuss both things. Okay. So here's Rachel's song, So What? messages this morning and all the ones from yesterday yes i saw you at the show and with no warning saw you with some new arms around your waist it didn't take you too long to get back to performing now you're acting like i'm the one who got away i hope she Okay, 
Dear Balladeer, last year I had a six-month-long on-again-off-again situationship with an old co-worker of mine. We were pretty toxic together and it was never quite clear what was going on between us. The sex was amazing, which is unfortunate, because otherwise there were definitely very poor communications of expectations and boundaries were constantly being crossed or ignored. I feel like I did my best to communicate and assert my needs, but he was not committed or respectful enough to entertain them. I finally ended things after many attempts that were ignored and we agreed to go no contact because I knew we'd be likely to backslide. So far, we have been able to avoid seeing each other, but I'm terrified of running into him because it seems inevitable since we have overlapping social circles. I know it's stupid, but he has such a power over me and I'm worried that I'll just fall right back into old patterns if we see each other. How do I build the resolve and trust in myself to make sure this doesn't happen? Sincerely, The Letter Writer. This is such a good question. <laughs> um, I First off, I, I sympathize and um, honestly empathize <laughs> with, with uh, the sentiments in this question. Um, it's tough, especially with small circles that you run in. And I think... Um, so what was definitely written in a very similar <laughs> sort of loosely similar context. Um, the music scene is very small. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, how do you build the resolve and trust in yourself? I think it's just uh, part of it is honestly exposure therapy. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes helps. Uh, it's it's really tough. I absolutely know that feeling of just 
feeling like a, a city is too small um, because you run into that person in you know on street corners at shows um, and it can feel like they're um, kind of overtaking your life in the worst way <laughs> and you know it, it, a, a lot of it comes from within just trying to make peace inside yourself and also having a contingency plan doesn't help or hurt either hmm. honestly um and i think it also depends on like what stage you're at if this is like super fresh i remember what was really helpful was i told all my friends like hey if you hear if you catch wind of so-and-so coming to <laughs> anything that I'm going to, please let me know. And that ne didn't necessarily, like, that wouldn't stop me from going somewhere. That just definitely allowed me to prepare, put on my armor before going out um, into the fray. <laughs> um, it really does feel that way sometimes. Uh, but, yeah, I, I think, like, at the fresh stage doing that. But if there's been some time and you're still feeling that way, um, which I mean, I've had it last for literally years where I, I'm like, oh, you know, it still affects me. I mean, there are still certain people where if I see them out, you know, it's been five, seven years, you know, I, I a vague <laughs> amount of time, <laughs> 10 years, <laughs> I still I know like it's going to affect me um, and I'm going to feel it. But I think like allowing yourself to feel is really important um and i think that's what i was trying to go for with this song like you know you're gonna feel like crying you're gonna feel shaky you're gonna have all of these emotions it's like a tidal wave of emotions but it's okay mm -hmm. all you have to do is like feel it say so what and then just keep on moving forward um but definitely not trying to like bury the feelings too much let me just say i'm in mm. therapy right now and we're <laughs> we're we're like Amazing. talking about i hope this is okay to say we're talking about feeling your feelings and just like accepting them i have a really hard time personally with um certain emotions like anger and i feel like honestly this it the song ties into mm. what i'm working out currently um, in therapy and every week we're just talking about like allowing yourself 15 minutes is what we're doing right now she's like give yourself 15 minutes to just sit in that emotion and feel okay with it and just like you're, you don't have to do anything to solve the emotion you don't have to do anything to like make yourself feel better just feel the anger for 15 minutes and then after that then go back to whatever you were doing of like pushing things down like we're work we're working from there um but yeah it, it's it's kind of funny because the song I wrote god 20 I started writing it must have been like 2016 2017 and um it feels like a little message to myself in the future honestly <laughs> or well message myself written in the past for yeah, my yeah, future yeah. self um so you know it's it's tough and i'm 
I don't have all the answers, but I can just give you some some thoughts on things to to soften it a little bit. Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe shout this song if you need to. <laughs> <laughs> so what? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, this is making me think about like uh, that the exposure therapy doesn't necessarily have to be with that person. Yeah, it could be with the emotion, like what you're saying about like sitting with that feeling Mm -hmm. I think and this kind of goes back to we had an episode about moving on I don't really remember what we talked about but (laughs) (laughs) but like that some of it well a big part is just like allowing yourself to feel the feelings so that the process of moving on can continue Mm -hmm. that you're not just getting stuck in one specific version of the past um Mm. and I feel like with this letter writer like it's been a, it's been not super long since they broke up but long enough to to get some kind of perspective mm-hmm. um and like they obviously now are able to tell that like it wasn't a great situation yeah. even though there were cool elements <laughs> um and so I think like if their exposure <laughs> therapy can just be like, okay, yeah, like take a few minutes every, maybe not every day for this level of non-relationship, but like, you know, once in a while to just like sit with any negative emotions that arose from having this situationship with this person um, and like feel those feelings and allow yourself to like remember the bad things that this person yeah. made you feel yeah. to kind of like ground yourself in the reality that like it's a good thing that you ended it. Yeah. And that like you don't want to have those feelings. Oh yeah. Like <laughs> absolutely. You want to not have those feelings and so then if you do run into them like you I think that that's the way to build the resolve is just to like convince yourself that you made the right choice. Mhm. Mhm. Absolutely. Um, I think another part too, like uh, thinking about the song and what I was writing about in the verses was just like, it's a recognition of patterns too. Um, And like a recognition of the other person's patterns and understanding how like you fit into them and how they are probably not growing from (laughs) those patterns and they are repeating them over and over and over um and uh like I think that's an important part awareness of the situation exactly how it is exactly what you were saying you know like Mm -hmm. living with that knowledge that yep there are some negative things going on and that's just that's the reality of it that's how it is like trying not to paint it to be picturesque um too much yeah it we're so i think i feel like in general people are really uncomfortable with negative feelings i know i am um and we don't really know always how to handle those feelings or like handle ourselves amid those feelings um and also, I think like movies kind of don't help because they show like exaggerated <laughs> um, feelings uh, in in certain ways. Like people think anger 
is sometimes always I don't know, like a big dramatic show. Or or they, they can associate anger with that. But you know, there's I think also because it's very quick in movies. Like yeah. that they do one thing and then it's handled. And it's not like you don't feel the bubbling up over the amount of time that, you know, they're feeling those things. Yeah. Yeah. Everything's truncated. And mm-hmm. um, I do think that that definitely affects, like, our expectations. I, th- Well, this this sounds like it's a total aside, but, like, I think about how in movies certain sound effects just are complete exaggerations of what they really are. Like, gunshots are... A complete exaggeration of what actual gunshots sound like and i i've heard people like comment on how oh i didn't realize that they sound like just like a little pop you know um mm-hmm. and um and i think about that a lot about how you know society comes to expect certain things because the movies have had to for dramatic purposes or for storyline purposes like truncate things or like exaggerate things and how that like really messes with our expectations um as people and I try to think about how I internalize that stuff too um especially with regard to feelings or Mm -hmm. relationships like oh yeah like I'm supposed to be really sad about this or I'm supposed to like drink over my heartbreak or you know like do some silly things like um I don't know maybe that's just me but (laughs) (laughs) no I mean I do think like when we're looking for templates of how to live life Mm -hmm. and we're just like taking them from movies there's (laughs) pretty obvious problems with that because (laughs) they're like you know two hours long yeah (laughs) and our lives are longer than that hopefully um (laughs) so yeah I definitely I agree um can we go back to anger for one second absolutely I was talking to a friend recently and I should have written this down and used this for dear balladier but now I will in this context she was like asking me like what things are helpful she was like recounting an experience in a relationship that had made her super angry and was like how like I don't know what to do with this anger so a similar sentiment Mm -hmm. as you were expressing and so I was trying to like brainstorm anger activities Mm -hmm. (laughs) or like what is a helpful way and this could also like tie into like the sitting in the emotion of whatever this relationship brought up Mm -hmm. um, for the letter writer um but one thing that i did um when i lived in nashville uh and they were passing anti-trans anti like gay legislation is that like me and some friends were at this party and then but we were all like super bummed and the person who was hosting was like do you want to smash some plates and we were like yeah (laughs) and so she like gave us a bunch of plates that she didn't need I guess and we like went out in the parking lot and just like started smashing them and it it. was really nice (laughs) that's amazing and like obviously 
you don't always have the scenario in which that is possible. Mm-hmm. But I do think like physicalizing some of these emotions mm-hmm. in ways that aren't harming people is like good because nervous system wise, like all the things that you're describing in the song and all the things that like feeling like like kind of anxious heartbeat and like just like maybe an upset stomach but in a way that's just like full of energy Mm -hmm. like that like ultimately what we want to try to do is just like get through that like to do something to get it out and when we're only trying to do like mental things it does I think okay the stress cycle that's Mm. what I'm talking have you heard about that um remind me well, I'm not looking at it right now, <laughs> the, but it's the something this, I think that, okay, let me just Google really quick. Okay. Stress response cycle. Basically the essence is like when you have something that makes you stressed, you need to do something physical to help it move through your body mm. so that you can return to like homeostasis so like whether that's like going running or like doing something actually physical or like smashing or stomping your feet or screaming or punching a pillow um things like that or like (laughs) crying or laughing really hard or laughing and then crying or like making something like physically creating like knitting or singing Mm. or like I feel like for us probably making music is a big thing that is essentially this Mm -hmm. um or like deep breathing just like something that is like reminding you that you um are an embodied person and that you're not just like experiencing this thing you Mm. also it is happening in your body too and that there are things that you can do to like help move that through so that it's not just like staying with you yeah oh yeah yeah and being okay with whatever you need to do like understanding Mm -hmm. like that that's just what you need to do to to be human and to be okay yeah as long as the things that you're doing are like not harming other people exactly yeah good good addendum (laughs) (laughs) yes 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 um yeah i think personally for me my rage turns into tears a lot and so i think like i'm i'm trying to find other ways to to have my rage and i think song writing definitely is one of them also this i feel like ties into what we were talking about about how creativity and breath and like <laughs> it's all one thing you know i feel like emotions you know it what you were saying about how you have to remind yourself that you're an embodied person. Like the emotions have to move through you um, in a way that reminds me of like breath or creativity moving through Mm. you. Um, So, yeah. Yeah. Good point. (laughs) Yeah. I, something that I've been doing recently, I think is like rage walks. Ooh. Because you really can stomp your feet a lot. Like, (laughs) Just kind of like power walk, like not really right now. It's like pretty like kind of icy snow. So it's like not very safe to walk quickly. Mm. But when it is <laughs> to just be like taking it all out on a, on the pavement. Mm, yeah. And that is really nice because it also is like you are physically moving through something. Yeah. Yep. And 
at least by the end of it, you don't have as much, like you are tired. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you don't have as much energy to think about what you were thinking about at the beginning. Totally. Yeah. I really like physical exercise in, in that way um, as a an option for that. Uh, I think I'm just remembering like one of the the nights that inspired this song <laughs> I definitely was not okay I definitely it, it, like this is sort of a revisionist history if you will like <laughs> um I remember I I ended up getting really drunk that night and it was not good um and that was like a good example of what you should not do in response mm-hmm. to to these sort of things. And I want to say, just for anybody listening, I am have been sober for five years now. Um, but like that was the way that I dealt with things at the time. And um, and so yeah, I feel like this song, in some ways, is a revisionist history. <laughs> um, but uh, you know, it's a good a good reminder to myself. Uh, of you know there there are healthier ways to to be mad right mm-hmm. and yeah I think that that's totally fine that it's revision I, <laughs> I mean I do that too where it's like okay this is like the clean version of what I would like to have done yeah <laughs> yep yeah um <laughs> because then if you <laughs> if you wrote about it how it was then how would that, would that be helpful for someone on a podcast? I mean, yeah, it still could be helpful. Maybe. For sure. <laughs> yeah, no, nobody really wants to know the bad state I was in that night. <laughs> well, I do feel like with this, when I'm trying to find songs, it's like either people have a song that is like advice for the person or it's like, don't do what I did. Yeah. Yeah. And both can be good. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> All right. Well, I do feel like we did a fairly decent job at covering this question. And well, I I hope the letter writer thinks so. (laughs) (laughs) And um, yeah, just best, best of luck to you out there. And also, yeah, I mean, like, do what Rachel did. Tell your friends, be like, as aware as you can be of when it might happen just so that you can like ready yourself and try to steady your resolve and like go in with as much strength as you can yeah um I found that was really helpful um especially if the circles are are tight (laughs) mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah good luck out there best of luck (laughs) Um, Rachel, thank you again so much for being on the podcast. I love this conversation. Thank you for this having me. It was so me. fun. Yeah. Thanks, Sadie. <laughs> and is it true that you are releasing kind of new music this season? I am. I'm releasing a single a month until I put out, I guess this is the, the place where I'm revealing it for the first time. Whoa! <laughs> um, I'm putting out a record uh, <gasps> called Heartless Things, and it will be out May 10th. But look forward to new music uh, once a month until May 10th. Amazing. Wow. Thank you for the honor of (laughs) saying that on the podcast. (laughs) Thank you for giving me a space to say it. (laughs) Um, And so 
just in case people have never been on the internet before, where can they go to find you and your music? Oh, I haunt all the the usual corners, uh, like Spotify, <laughs> blah, um, and Apple Music. Pre-save, pre-save at Spotify. Please pre- pre-save. Uh, yeah, Katie will be coming out. Uh, Katie's my next single. It's about roommate love. Um, it'll be out February 16th. But yeah, you can find me at all the streaming places, rachelsumnermusic.com. For if you like websites and uh, all of the like Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, Twitter places. Um, yeah. Amazing. <laughs> all right. Well, till next time, Rachel. Thanks, Sadie. <laughs> Bye, everyone. Thanks for listening. Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode of Dear Balladeer. If you have enjoyed what you've heard, I would so appreciate it if you took a second to rate, subscribe, and or send the episode to someone in your life who might want to hear it. Word of mouth is a very cool thing in this business. This episode was edited, directed, and produced by myself, Sadie Gustafson Zook, and the theme song for Dear Balladeer, Last Time, Lost Time, was also written and recorded and produced by me, Sadie Gustafson Zook. All right, thanks for hanging out.